Larson in left side to the middle. What a move oh, by Philip Forsberg. Wow. One of the best from Scoresburg. It's the podcast that loves the hockey team you love. Saro stops him with the blocker. This is the Predators official podcast with Kara Hammer and Max Herz. For the empty net and hits it on a bounce. On 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast here on NashvillePredators.com and 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. My name is Max Herz from Preds Radio, along with Kara Hammer from Preds TV. Hammer, one more home game on this three-game homestand, then a long road trip as CMA's take over Bridgestone Arena. How you doing on this Friday? I'm doing good. You know, I feel inspired by this team. I'm still living off of last Saturday night against the Sharks game and just all the content we were able to take away from that. You know, like, Max, all the time we talk about how are we going to make the broadcast better and what can we give the fans? And you look at the past week of hockey that we've had and we're like, the story is writing themselves. The team is making the broadcast better. They really are. And we've had two games since our last podcast. First one was a 5-1 win over the Sharks on the first Saturday night in Smashville of the season. It was certainly a fun one as the Preds took care of business against a San Jose team that still has not won a game so far this season to even the Preds record at 3-3 three and three with a blowout win at home, then also a 3-2 loss to the Canucks on Tuesday night. As we record here on Friday, October 27th, one more game in this homestand, Saturday night, October 28th against the Leafs. Preds will look to make it a winning homestand against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. But that game Saturday, Hammer, against the Sharks, you said it was so fun. Start to finish for the Predators. Sammy Fagimo gets the opening goal in his Preds debut in the first period on the power play. Then the Preds go to work. Third line, two goals, 12 seconds apart. Tommy Novak, a beautiful tip-in from Kiefer Sherwood. Then 12 seconds later, Kiefer Sherwood, a one-timer goal of his own from Luke Evangelista. Then Sherwood would have a fight against former Pred Luke Cunning for a Gordie Howe hat trick in just two shifts for Kiefer Sherwood in the second period of the game. And then Tommy Novak got another in the third. And then the goal that was the icing on the cake or the cherry on top, whatever dessert pun you like, became the headliner as Luke Evangelista scored after breaking his stick. And the assist coming from Pete Rogers, Predators equipment manager. And now behind the defense, here's Evangelista. He scores! It's really the same as any other play i watch games for that reason or if you hear have a keen sense of when i hear something break lots of times we'll have sticks ready and guys don't even break them but um you know he, he breaks the stick you turn around throw an elbow to daryl mario to get out of the way grab the stick and get right and get right back out there you know luckily sometimes it happens where you don't see the player and you can't respond thankfully we're able to see that one and get one out to him quick usually when when something happens like that the guys will start screaming you know, like, or you know, not screaming, just say, hey, 77 sticker, you know, whatever. So it's, you know, it's, when I say it's a team effort, it really is. It's an instant, definitely an instinct, but there's a number written on each stick because sometimes you only have a split second. Like Luke, for example, he's 77, he's all the way down the end of the, the rack. The easier ones are the lower numbers. It was funny. I had a couple guys maul me and jump and, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty fun. It usually doesn't happen like that, but I think, with the state of the game and the game was, you know, well put away. Everybody had fun with it. It was pretty cool. That's Preds head equipment manager, Pete Rogers, who has been in that role for the Predators entire existence. One of just six 25 year Preds full-time employees in a very important role. And he's done that before, but this was a special one because it led straight to a breakaway. And Kara, I love what he said with you guys on Bally sports in that interview on Preds TV. (laughs) He very humbly said that he can hear a stick break a mile away. You know, I've had firsthand uh, experience watching Pete Rogers grab this stick. Max, I have to tell you, I mean, he's like a ninja. He has cat-like <laughs> reflexes. He hears the stick. Yeah, I love that he said he, he watches games to listen, and he hears the stick break. And, I mean, within two seconds, He's on the bench, but sometimes, you know, you have to throw out the assist to, like he said, Daryl Matteo, uh, sometimes Jeff Biddle's back there, some of the other um, 
staff and, and they'll fan the stick off. But Pete is so keen on the awareness, the game awareness of, okay, I got to get the stick out there. And we've seen it. It wasn't just uh, Luke Evangelista's goal the other night. I mean, he had the assist on Luke Cunnan's goal in, in overtime one time during the playoffs. And we saw the highlight. He's done it with Philip Forsberg. So, you know, give him the first start of the game, I feel like. That was awesome. Big goal for Luke Evangelista, his first of the season. Shout out to the Preds athletic training staff who you mentioned who are down there with him. Jeff Biddle and DJ Amadio, or as Pete referred to him, Daryl, his proper name, and Doug Agnew in there as well. The training staff, I mean, they got other stuff to watch, but they're in the stick game too. They are. Everybody down there is in the stick game. It's awesome. It's so cool to see. You know, I feel like I've, I've mentioned I've been out there once before, and it happens so fast. But also, that's not Pete's only role. How many times is he fixing a guy's blade? You know, they skate off the ice, and boom, he's in there. He's got the blade. It's sharpened. He's switching them out. Back on, they go for another shift. Yeah, and now he's got a big new challenge this year because Ryan O'Reilly seems to change his gloves every shift as well. So there's a whole lot of glove tossing going on on the Preds bench this year that had not been there before. So great job by Predators TV and the Predators video staff. Ethan Fleming was the one who got the direct shot of the bench. I believe he was filming a mic'd up for Alex Carrier, who was sitting right in front of Pete. Perfect time, perfect place, perfect shot. The video got tons of views on Predators social media. And for the second week in a row, Hammer, we're going to bring in number one hockey fan Pat McAfee, former NFL punter, host of the Pat McAfee show on ESPN and on YouTube. He loves hockey, and Pete Rogers was a big part of his NHL roundup on Wednesday's show of the Pat McAfee show. Here's what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Hockey is Awesome! Not just the refs are awesome over there. How about the equipment managers? Oh. How about the equipment managers in hockey can actually be a part of the game? You know, whenever you use it, it lies in a stick, there's a chance that that thing could break. Well, whenever you're on the ice and you're flying around, you got a broken stick, you ain't worth a damn. Mm -mm. How do you get a stick fast enough? Boom! You get an equipment manager that is like Superman, grabbing that stick, holding it over. And then what? This is Pete Rogers, equipment manager for the Nashville Predators, handing off to Luke Evangelista. And what's he have? Breakaway. Oh. Go time. Silky Mitts. And the boys all celebrate Pete Rogers. So the refs are awesome. They're a part of the game. The equipment managers are getting actual assists in affecting the game. Hockey's all about the culture, yeah. all about the brotherhood. Great stuff from the Pat McAfee show. Pete, 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 Pete. And uh, if, if, if you've never watched the Pat McAfee show before, that's pretty much what every segment sounds like. It is all in sports in your face and the chorus of his many, many people on the show. I want to say background dancers, whatever you want to call them. The show is awesome. I think it's an amazing sports show. And big shout out to Pete Rogers in their hockey segment on Wednesday. I told you, Max, I mean, it's this team. They're just making the broadcast better. They're making TV shows better. The Nashville Predators are here to make your show better. And the Predators' official podcast is part of that show. So much we could highlight from that big win over the Sharks. We'll talk more about Kiefer Sherwood's Gordie Howe hat trick later in the podcast, Kara, on our interview quote of the week with some great reporting by you. How much fun was that? Two goals on the same shift, 12 seconds apart, then a little while for Sherwood for his next shift because the Predators had a power play and Sherwood isn't a power play player. Then he comes out on his next shift and icing is in progress. Luke Cunnan hits him in front of the Sharks bench. Sherwood gives him a slash. Let's go. Let's go. Gordy Howe done in two shifts right there for Sherwood. Well, I think it was six minutes and 24 seconds. I mean, that's my most most people in their career never have a Gordie Howe hat trick. You know, we talked with Hal Gill about how difficult it is to accomplish while playing in the NHL. And here Kiefer goes out and does it in one period. It was so fun. Really fun to watch too. fight against former Pred Luke Cunnan, a primary assist on a beautiful goal to Tommy Novak. And then a one-timer goal from Luke Evangelista for Sherwood. He was one of four Preds with multiple points in the game. Luke Evangelista with the late goal, had a goal and an assist. Tommy Novak had two goals to bring him to four on the season. Gus Nyquist, our guest last week on the podcast, had two assists as well. 
And also, first goal is a pred for Sammy Fagimo, who finally got in for his Preds debut after being claimed off of waivers from the Kings during preseason, made his season debut and team debut in game number six. Power play goal in the first period for Fagimo. It was not his first NHL goal. It was his third NHL goal. He had scored two with the Kings in 13 NHL games. But how cool is this, Kara? It was the first time ever that anyone from his family had ever seen him play in person in the NHL. His mom, Linda, and his brother, William, were in the house from Sweden and got to see the game in person. They weren't even at his NHL debut. They had never seen him play an NHL game in person before. Oh, my gosh. That's Max, that's crazy. I never heard that. You know, we did talk with Sam Fagimo before the game, and he, he mentioned that his mom and his brother were going to be there, and he was talked about how special it was, and we know that. I think when they left Sweden, I heard they had an epic flight. They flew to Denmark. They flew to, New, I think, New York. Then they had to come to Nashville. Like, this was an experience for them to even get here. So how cool is that, that the first time they see him play and he scores a goal? Amazing. Dropping the knowledge, Max. I love this. All the way from Gothenburg, Sweden, his mom and his brother. You guys got to remember, these people are coming from all the way on the other side of the world to do what they do best on a world-class level in front of us here in Smashville. I hope nobody's taken that for granted. It's so, so awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. That just I thought like I was having a good Friday already, and now I'm just so much like happier hearing this news. Oh, well, I'm glad I could help. Glad I could help <laughs> out with that. Predators lost their only other game since we last podcasted. It was a 3-2 loss to the Canucks on Tuesday night in which the Predators never led. Kiefer Sherwood had another goal, so goals in back-to-back games for Sherwood. A goal in both games of the homestand so far. Predators lost that game. Andrew Burnett not too happy with that effort after the game. But a little bit of extra time off, a couple of practices on Wednesday and Friday. And now back at it at home against a red-hot Toronto Maple Leaf team on Saturday night that has won three in a row on their road trip. So Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, John Tavares will be in here Saturday night, October 28th at 6 for Hockey Night in Canada and another Saturday night in Smashville. Coming up next, we will head past Toronto, further north in Ontario, to meet with the Sudbury Mafia. That's where head coach Andrew Brunette is from originally as is his only new assistant coach, Derek McKenzie, NHL veteran, former captain of the Florida Panthers and former assistant coach for the Panthers when Brunette was also on the staff there. McKenzie was the new assistant coach hire by Andrew Brunette this summer in his first season as an assistant coach for the Predators. He will join us to talk about playing, coaching, and captaining his hometown junior team, the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL, Plus, for those of you who are fans of the TV shows Letter, Kenny, and Shorzy, the shows that are set up there as well. Preds assistant coach Derek McKenzie coming up next. She's Kara Hammer. I'm Max Hers. You're listening to the Predators official podcast, the POP, on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. The Sudbury Mafia is taking over the Predators' official podcast as Stompin' Tom Connors, who you Americans, I'm an American too, I shouldn't say it like that, know for the hockey song, a Sudbury Saturday night up in northern Ontario. A lot of mythos about Sudbury. We heard from Andrew Brunette on the first podcast of the season about public skating with his future wife as a teenager and saying he was too busy with his teenage hockey career to give her a twirl at public skate in Sudbury. We'll talk even more about Sudbury with the man who Andrew Brunette has known for a long time and brought in as an assistant coach this summer. He retained two of the three assistant coaches from the previous Pred staff and brought in Derek McKenzie, who is also a Sudbury native. His dad, Ken, the longtime coach of the Sudbury Wolves, He was also the assistant GM there, now the head coach as well. And he's got plenty of roots up in Sudbury. He's from there. He played for and captained the Sudbury Wolves in OHL junior hockey, played with a youngster by the name of Mike Fisher in Sudbury in the late 90s, who we will talk about in this interview as well. 
was the captain of the Florida Panthers, retired after the 2018-19 season, ended up becoming an assistant coach there along with Andrew Brunette under Joel Quenville for three seasons, including the season when Brunette was the interim head coach. Last season, after the Panthers changed their staff, McKenzie went home and worked alongside his dad as the head coach of those same Sudbury Wolves, where they were featured in a major Canadian pop culture moment. Dressing up as the hockey team from Shorzy, the great TV show, the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs. We'll talk about all that Sudbury, his coaching philosophies, Mike Fisher as a teenager, and a whole lot more with new Preds assistant coach Derek McKenzie, our guest this week on the Predators official podcast. Derek, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, no problem. Thanks. We've heard from Andrew Burnett a lot about the Sudbury Mafia, and that's a big part of the reason why you're here. What is the Sudbury hockey community like, and what types of doors has it opened for you and your hockey life, including the one you're here now with? Well, I mean, uh, you know, for me, I was really fortunate growing up, especially, you know, just being around Andrew Burnett. But back in the day, there was, you know, probably 25 guys who were playing pro and kind of was like an invite only for the young guys. And, um, you know, Andrew was obviously one of the guys that kind of took me under his wing and um, you know, obviously a guy that I looked up to and, you know, and so many great qualities as far as just the way, you know, he kind of made it up through the, the pro ranks. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you're just, you know, looking for role models and, and guys to kind of latch on to. And I was fortunate enough that uh, I was able to spend quite a bit of time with him. And you guys link up with the Panthers shortly after your retirement. He's an assistant coach and you get to be with him on that staff. What was it like to be with him in that role after, like you said, you grew up looking up to him? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you know, throughout our relationship, we're always bouncing ideas and, and thoughts and talking about players. And, and I remember that conversation where, um, you know, I had, I'd gotten a little bit of coaching experience and wasn't sure what was going to come next. And then heard Joel was coming in and I didn't know Joel obviously played against him quite a bit. And, um, you know, it, it kind of, uh, you know, changed, uh, in the sense that, you know, I was talking about potentially leaving Florida and he was calling asking me about whether or not he'd like Florida. And, uh, said, you know, where are we going with this? And he said, well, you know, Joel actually called me and, you know, was thinking of, uh, you know, adding me to the staff. And he's obviously, you know, we've had conversations about you and, you know, I think it could be a lot of fun. And I think that's, you know, obviously just a huge part of, uh, of what he brings is, is that word fun. And, you know, I think there's times that uh, things can be tough in this league and, um, you know, if you kind of go back to trying to build a staff or build a team and, and have some fun along the way, I look back on our time in Florida and we definitely had a lot of fun between, uh, you know, having some of that kind of veteran presence with Joel Quinville and Mike Kitchen and then, you know, adding, you know, Bruno and myself in the mix. It was, uh, it was a great experience and something I'll never forget. We'll go back in time with the Sudbury Mafia. You're from there. Your dad coached there. You got a chance to play for your hometown team. What was that like playing and captaining your hometown junior team? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think like, you know, obviously as a kid, um, you know, I, I think now I've tried to imply that with my son where it was like the sub Wolves were the, were the end all be all for me. And I, I remember growing up just being like, oh man, if I could play one game for the sub Wolves, because, you know, my dad was coached there for a while and I was kind of a rank rat and got to see guys like, you know, Glenn Murray and Sean O'Donnell and Mike Pekka. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on of guys, Mike Yo, who we just coached against last night. Um, so you kind of idolize these guys and you, and you're like, you know, when you're a small kid, the arena feels so big and those players feel, you know, so great that uh, you, you kind of set your goals on that. And it took me a little while actually to shift gears to kind of get comfortable with thinking that there might be a chance I could actually move on from Subbury. But, um, you know, you go back to ownership there and Mark Burgess and then my dad being involved. And there, there's so many great experiences and so many things that, uh, you know, I was just fortunate enough to be involved with. And, and obviously, you know, that organization has continued to give me, you know, great opportunities to extend my career in hockey. But, uh, you know, it all really goes back to them. You played with the Preds' all-time fan favorite there, and Mike Fisher. What was Mike Fisher like in juniors? Well, you know what? It was. It was a. If you really look back on our our rookie year, I think it was, you know, about Taylor Payette in the first round, Mike Fisher in the second round. I think there was Ryan Barnes in the third, myself in the fourth, Andrew Raycroft in the fifth, and then a couple other guys that had like really good careers as well. And um, so that that was a, you know, a great draft and a great. Um, time to be a rookie, you know, with the Sudbury Wolves. And, uh, you know, I, I, Mike, Mike was, uh, you know, a guy kind of moving away from home for the first time, and I was lucky enough to be at home. So kind of took him in as, a, you know, a brother, and, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. And between me, him, and, you know, Andrew Raycroft kind of, 
you know, uh, just went through all the highs and lows that come within those first couple of years. But um, a guy, you know, obviously first class and world class and uh, one of the first guys to reach out to me when I took the job here. And so it's nice to have a familiar face in a town that, uh, you know, I hadn't been to before as far as living. Did he ever live with you in Sudbury? No, I remember there was a few times where, you know, uh, whether it was maybe we were getting a little late for curfew or, uh, <laughs> you know, certain things happened that... Uh, you know, he would crash at my place. We lived about, you know, maybe two blocks apart. And, uh, you know, we, we'd find ways to get a car stuck in a snowstorm or whatever <laughs> it would be just to hang out a little bit extra. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, and then, you know, looking back on it as well, just think like what he accomplished in the small time he was there. And then, you know, um, I, I use him as a great example for some of these guys coming through now that, you know, aren't that like really sought after first round pick, but are guys that like, you know, are just obviously bring something special and unique and and you know mike was so good at a lot of things that obviously he had the career he did you retired as a panther you spent three years as an assistant coach there with andrew burnett then the whole staff changes there and you get a chance to coach the sudbury wolves last year taking over for your dad early in the season yeah what was that like being the head coach well it was uh, you know everything happens for a reason and obviously uh you know a little tough coming off the season that me and andrew had with florida to to not be involved with that team and i thought you know, a lot of hard work and kind of tears went into, you know, better part of nine years for me there. But, uh, you know, looking back on it, it gave me an opportunity to take a little bit of time off. It had been, I think, 18 years as a player and then right into coaching. So got to stay home and spend time with the family and, and get bored and realize how much <laughs> you miss the game. And then that opportunity came up where they wanted to make a coaching change. I've always wanted to check off working with my dad. I mean, he if you look back to when he started, there was a lot of great coaches that, you know, came through the organization and he you know, uh, was, was one guy that, you know, probably had the most success to that point with the Sudbury Wolves, but, you know, elected to actually come back and coach me. And, uh, you know, it's, we, we sit around to the, to this day with a few of the local guys that I'm best friends with and, you know, come up with some Kenny stories that uh, when he came back, you know, you're coaching junior, now you got to come back and, you know, coach Peewee <laughs> sure it wasn't easy on him, but, uh, Either way, it, it was a it was a lot of fun to go back. You know, he'd already had and developed great relationships with the player and, and players, and knew exactly you know what they you know could give me on a nightly basis. And then you know, if I think he'd say from his standpoint, it was really nice to kind of get a refresher and get up to date on a few things. And so it was something that uh, I cherish and uh, you know never forget. And, and then you know, obviously, when Andrew called and gave me an opportunity here, he was like, "Hey, who's better than you know a guy that's got one of the you know most winning." or as one of the winningest coaches in, in Wolves history, you know, in a, in a year where they could have a special year. So, again, everything happens for a reason. I'm super happy that he's getting that opportunity. And for one game last year, you guys masqueraded as the fictional Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs from the Canadian hockey comedy show Shorzy, which, of course, is very popular in America, too. What was that like? And I got to imagine the Shorzy jokes have to be off the charts. When you're coaching the team of Canadian teenagers that the show is fictionalizing. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, there, there's certain things that are a little offside in the show, but, um, it, it's done a lot of great things for the community and, 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 uh, you know, even for the players, I mean, quite frankly, you know, these guys are always scratching to put a couple cents together or dollars together to go to a movie and, you know, they, they, they get a little bit extra, uh, action in the, in the show, in the shoots and then, you know, they, they pay them pretty fairly. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously just getting to see, you know, some of the scenes take place in the subway arena. And then, you know, to your point, as far as, you know, the popularity of the show, um, you know, the team wore the, the jerseys and the Golden wore the pads and, um, <laughs> you know, the jerseys, you know, sold for as much as any third jersey has ever sold for the Subbury Wolves and I think they were sold out like by the time the game was over so uh you know it, it was it was a great idea a, a lot of fun and uh you know as, as coaches you know there's always something you can take from that show and it's funny a couple of coaches hadn't uh, hadn't seen the show so the other night uh you know there, there's a little bit of lag time sometimes as a coach so we, we threw on a few of the scenes and not sure any of it's you know applicable or applicable uh to, to today's modern coaching but uh nonetheless pretty fun so you're not coding sanguinette or the uh coach from letter kenny at all in any of those speeches that well, I, I mean you know i love the i love the scene uh you know and i think it's um uh, I, I forget it's it's probably before shores he started but when the coach comes in and he's like you know there's three ways you can approach the dressing room and we'll be talk about you know there, there's the tornado 
there's there, there's a few different uh, ways you can go in and, and and approach the guys after a rough period. But again, I'm not sure kicking garbage cans and, and swearing um, is something that we'd get away with today. Uninspired hockey. It's unacceptable, all right? No hustle, no heart, no jam. You're in between the first and second period. You're down about two goals. Your star player ain't playing like he's supposed to. You're the coach. It's your job to inspire him. And the best way to do that is... Kick a garbage can. Now, there's three approaches to this, all right? Approach number two is the tornado. Now, there's a bonus kick in this one. You kick the door as you're coming in. You come in the room like you're a caged animal, all right? Circling, circling, pointing out and insulting and embarrassing every single player, all right? And then BAM! Now go out there and win some hockey games. But some of the guys were in it. Were in the show? Yeah, so- Win it all? No, no, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> or if maybe I'm just not, uh, you know, I don't have a face for TV, but um, yeah, there's times where they'll, they'll ask guys to hang around or get up on their day off on a Sunday and just, you know, they unfortunately have to be at the rink, you know, bright and early as, you know, that's a typical day for production, I guess. But, you know, they, they pay them a, a reasonable wage to hang out for four hours to maybe skate up and down the ice. So that, that guys are actually, you know, really always look forward to hopefully getting the nod to be in Jersey. That's awesome. Talking with Derek McKenzie, Fred's assistant coach. You mentioned your family a couple of times, your son, Grayson, your daughter, Reese, are hockey players now here in Nashville. What has it been like bringing your family here and watching them grow as players in a new place? Yeah, well, I think obviously, you know, the best part of the game is all the other things that, you know, come with it as well. And I've always tried to, you know, I wouldn't do it any other way unless, you know, my family was right next to me and kind of, you know, going through this journey and, I'm really happy, you know, even if you look back on my career, I didn't, you know, I spent a lot of time in the minors before I finally kind of broke through a little bit. And um, that gave, you know, my kids an opportunity to really, you know, enjoy the NHL and, and kind of, um, you know, get used to, you know, some of the trials and tribulations and all the, all the stuff that comes with being a professional. And, and the reality is, you know, there's a lot of things that are tough that, you know, people don't realize. And I think it's taught my kids a lot of things. It's taught them you know, to appreciate the game and be respectful to the game. And I love that they're comfortable around the game. And, uh, you know, now I'm kind of just reaping the benefits of being able to, you know, get up on a Sunday or when we get a day off and now watch them play. So, um, you know, I feel like my son is, you know, got a lot of uh, my qualities, but also, ha you know, he's, he's his own hot player and he's his own person. And it's just great. I mean, it, there was a time where I wasn't sure where it would go. And now it just, great to see him flourish and, and become his own kind of and pave his own way and I listen he's 12 but uh I, I at the same time you know it's it's they grow up fast and 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 he's doing a lot of great things and my daughter you know as a goalie I it was funny like she she wasn't sure what she wanted to do and she was in gymnastics and all this stuff and then she oh she's not she's not a, a big goalie but she reminds me a lot of juice in the way that they compete and, and they're strong and she put the pads on and my son had done the practice before well he could barely walk into the car and her coming from gymnastics, you know, it was like second nature. She was diving and flopping and, and, and got back in the car and had a ton of fun. And I said, well, you know what, that might be for her. So super cool. They actually got to play together for most of their careers. Cause in Florida, you know, there's, it's not as competitive as maybe these Northern, you know, uh, uh, towns and cities. And so, uh, you know, my son Gray played up a little bit and Reese was the goalie and, you know, they had some fun, won a state championship, I think once or twice. So, I mean, those are hopefully things that they'll never forget. That's awesome. And a couple quick questions about your coaching role. You're the only assistant coach that isn't calling out a position group. So what does your job consist of kind of on a moment by moment basis in the game? Well, I think, you know, just originally coming in, the thought was that, um, you know, I had gone back to junior for a year and really applied a lot of the beliefs and systems that, you know, me and Andrew have, you know, found consistent and productive in the NHL. And, uh, you know, as an assistant coach, Andrew going to New Jersey, that you know, in certain things that he implemented, of course, that led to their great success. But you know, it's not it's not the same as being a head coach. So I think, you know, he felt like me coming back in and just knowing the system as well. That when it came to five on five play, uh, you know, and specifically, you know, D zone stuff and neutral zone stuff, stuff that maybe, you know, um, isn't his strong suit. That maybe I was a little bit more. Uh, comfortable with you know as a player and, and as a coach would would help you know get this team headed in the right direction and help Andrew implement 
you know, that kind of universal system that he wanted to put in place. And, uh, you know, obviously being a centerman, you know, I spend every day or every game day, we, you know, with the, with the centers and the team, just making sure that, you know, that's a small part of, you know, obviously Andrew wants to imply all these things that, uh, or implement all these things that happen after the puck drops, but that, that initial drop is something we can control and kind of sets up for everything that Andrew wants to do next. So, uh, you know, just things like that. And, and then, you know, working with the young guys, obviously, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't say I had, from a wins and losses perspective, um, you know, the, a ton of success in the NHL, just coming from Atlanta, who, you know, was part of their inaugural season. And then, you know, Columbus, or, you know, quite still trying to find their way through expansion. And then uh, Florida, when we first got there, you know, Dale had gone out and, 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 you know, signed five of us to try to get them into that winning category. So, point being is we did a lot of um you know stuff in between transitioning trying to get to that next level a lot of young guys and navigating through the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of the minor leagues and the nhl and the success and the not you know the the tougher days and so you know just trying to share some of that with these guys and enjoy it um and remind them you know that it's going to be all right you know it's just a game it's just a game let's have some fun let's play some hockey and we'll figure out the rest along the way Great messages, Derek. Thank you for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you again to new Predators assistant coach Derek McKenzie for joining us here on the POP and humoring me with my many Letter Kenny and Shorzy jokes and references. But he seemed to be into it, and that's pretty awesome that a lot of his players were in the show. And great timing, too, because season two of Shorzy apparently just became available in America today as we record this on Friday, October 27th. So. Kara, we got to get you on the Shorzy and Letterkenny train. We'll have a marathon watching sometime. But what did you enjoy most about that interview with Coach McKenzie? Well, thank you for like telling me about Letterkenny and, and Shorzy because I'm not in the know on that. So for the other podcast listeners, not in the know. You told me it's on Hulu, right? So in America, so yes. Hulu. Okay, we need Hulu to stream this. But Max, I think my biggest takeaway from his interview was literally the last thing he said when he's like. I have to remind these guys, hockey is, it's a game. It's fun. We, we want to go out there and have fun. And you love that. I feel like you always need that guy on the coaching staff for the last few years. We've kind of felt like it was high note. He, that high energy guy brings the fun. You see him on the bench. And so it's kind of neat to think that the Preds have a second person like that on the staff with coach McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, he's a former NHL captain with the Florida Panthers where he ended his career and him and Dan Highnote, you're, you're right, Kara. They are very similar. And I didn't have time to ask him about this because we'd already been interviewing him for 15 minutes and the man had other things to do other than talk to me. But I wanted to ask him about after a couple of morning skates, I've seen McKenzie and Dan Highnote doing some ice capades-esque skating routines, which I imagine <laughs> is just for fitness purposes. But it was it was honestly beautiful. It was Blades of Glory level. We're going to have to get this on the show sometime. We're going to have to ask about this. Yeah, this can be a special report. So <laughs> it'll come later. But yeah, I could only ask the man so many questions. But really great having Derek McKenzie on the show. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I've definitely said it during radio broadcasts. Yes, the Predators have a new GM and a new head coach this year. But all three assistant GMs are back from the previous staff under David Poyle. And two of the three on-bench assistant coaches from John Hines' staff are back. Todd Richards and Dan Hino were both retained. Dan Lambert, the only coach who was let go, and Derek McKenzie was his replacement. Plus goalie coach Ben Vanderklok, skills coach Sebastian Bordalo, former Pred, are all the same. Derek McKenzie is the only truly new person on the NHL staff other than the head coach and GM. That's remarkable consistency despite both positions changing people this year I think it speaks a lot to his character and why they wanted him in but can we go back to that interview for a second Max because he talked about the guys getting paid to go be extras on the show and he called it a hefty paycheck for four hours and when you're a former NHL player obviously you have a hefty paycheck <laughs> I'm curious what these guys are making to go be an extra on the show and I need to know now if this is what you and I need to be doing in our free time yeah, seriously. Well, maybe Hal and Mace could suit up for him. Who knows? But hey, we'll be looking for them in season two today of Shorzy, which is out. 
If you haven't watched it, Letterkenny and Shorzy, if you're in the U.S., they are both on Hulu. In Canada, I believe they stream on Crave, which is the company that produces them. I'm not too up on my Canadian media, but that's where it is in Canada. We encourage you to watch it. Uh, you heard a couple of the clips that Coach McKenzie was referencing about the coach from Letterkenny, who he doesn't have a name. His name is Coach, and he's the hockey coach, and he kicks a lot of garbage cans, and he's very funny. But uh, you you heard some of the censoring we had to do of that. Just just please be advised that this show is extremely profane, like extremely profane. So uh, just know that if you're going to watch it. But a lot of it is about hockey. Shorzy, the spinoff of Letterkenny, is entirely about hockey. And it is absolutely hilarious. It's so funny. So Kara and all of you who haven't watched it before, we'll get you on the train up to Sudbury, up to Letterkenny, Ontario, Canada. We'll make it happen. You know, speaking of calling him coach on the show, Max, the other day, uh, Coach Coach uh, Andrew Brunette told us he does not like to be called coach. If you see him, call him Bruno. That that's what he wants to go by. So for the fans out there, we're I'm still going to call him coach, but he said he prefers to be called Bruno. Wait, he said he doesn't want to be called coach, and you're going to keep calling him coach? <laughs> I'm going to keep calling him coach. Wow. Defying the man to his face. I mean, you can also call him Andrew. That's his first name as well. You call him Andrew. Yeah. But Bruno's Bruno. Bruno is Bruno. I like coach. I don't know. I'm not in that person. <laughs> I feel like if you're the coach, I like to call you coach. I still call Barry Trotz coach. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. We'll see how this goes season long. Who Kara continues to call coach we also found out the identity of her uh, mystery rodeo man we'll talk about that at the end of the show today as well but before that a little more serious hockey talk we will bring emma lingan in predators team reporter to talk about her inside look at the predators and i quote department of goaltending excellence which now includes mr pecorine that's coming up next she's Kara hammer i'm max hers this is the predators official podcast the pop on 1025 and 1063 the game He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. Halloween hockey here on the Predators official podcast. Kara Hammer's Halloween song request. Going with the classic Hammer. Low-key Max, the best Halloween song of all time. It's not low-key. That's the most obvious choice. It is a great song, but not low-key. I feel like there's other songs out there. Oh, there are. And we'll hear one in the next segment. That's uh, a little bit more off the beaten path, but... Monster Mash, good transition into Monster Blocks as we talk about the Predators' goaltending empire with Preds team reporter Emma Lingen. Emma, thank you for joining us, first of all. Tell the folks how they can find your new article on NashvillePredators.com about the Preds' Department of Goaltending Excellence. Well, I think you just nailed it. Uh, Head to NashvillePredators.com, and it's... Right now, uh, the main article on the site, it's definitely a longer one, but I I like to think it's worth the read. Yeah, it definitely is. And we talked a couple weeks ago about my experience getting to be in the Predators video room for a period. And you got a similar experience with goalie coach Ben Vanderklok, goaltending development coach Jason Barron, who is new to the organization this year, uh, and also a new coach who is living in Europe. You might have heard of him. His name is Pekka Rene. He has a statue here but also working in the organization in that capacity. You got to spend a lot of time with those three guys. Give us kind of the general breakdown, since most fans, they've met Pekka, but they, they haven't met him as a coach. They likely haven't met the other two guys. What are these guys' jobs on a day-to-day, season-long type basis? Yeah, so they're, they're, they've all got pretty unique responsibilities. Ben Vanderklok, obviously, is the, the goaltending coach here for – the NHL team in Nashville. So he's working primarily with UC Saros and Kevin Lincoln on a daily basis. And then you have Jason Barron, who is working mostly with the goaltenders in Milwaukee. Um, so we've got Yaroslav Askarov and Troy Grosnick down there right now, as well as, you know, looking after the Predators prospects in, uh, in the ECHL and just throughout, throughout different other minor league systems and then Pekka, obviously, he, he still doesn't like to refer to himself as a coach, uh, whether he <laughs> likes it or not, he is one. 
Um, but he's also, you know, he's a development coach and then he's a European scout as well. So he does live primarily in Europe and we have a number of European prospects, including a, a Finnish goaltending prospect, funny enough, that we just drafted this past uh, summer. And so he is with working with him and kind of checking in, keeping tabs on all of our, our European prospects and kind of being a, a checkpoint for them as they, they develop and look to kind of move through the system here. Emma, when you had a chance to, to sit down and, and talk with, with Benny and these guys, was it evident and, and clear the relationship? I know in the article, Benny said how much he missed Pekka. He didn't realize how much he was going to miss him. <laughs> Could you tell? It was... Seriously, Kara, it was so pure when he started talking about him. And I mean, Pekka was sitting right there, but Benny just got this look in his eyes and he's like, yeah, I just, I really missed him. And I started thinking, you know, I wonder if he misses me too. And it was just <laughs> so pure and, and just so beautiful. You could tell like how much these guys really care about and respect each other, which you have to think obviously has a large part to do with why they're so successful um, at, at what they do. And, you know, because especially with, with Benny, it's so evident. You can see how personally he takes it and how much he cares about developing his players, not just as athletes, but even more importantly, as people. I think my favorite part of the article, Emma, was Ben Vanderklok subtly coaxing Pecorine back into coaching two seasons ago, the first year he was retired by sending him texts and videos saying, what do you think about this save? What would you do in this situation? What would, the, what would you do with UC? And not only are they good questions and a good resource, but it worked, and that's how they got him back in. Yeah, it's funny. It's almost, almost like he kind of pulled a fast one on him, like didn't even know it was happening, and then boom, you're, a, you're an assistant goalie coach now. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good. But I think like what they were saying is that it was just so natural for them. I mean, they would have those kinds of conversations anyway, would just be talking about it like with, you know, someone else who knows UC so well and, and knows how he plays and knows how he is as a person, you know, who better to ask for advice on, on how to coach this guy. So, you know, it, it was kind of like that, but it really, it did kind of just happen organically because of the relationship these guys have. I'm interested always with the goaltending and you think about where these players come from. You know, obviously Pekka's finished and you talk about having a scar off who's Russian and Max was saying earlier on the podcast that he's learning English through rap music. So, <laughs> I mean, can you talk about maybe if you had a chance to ask these guys, you know, where, how did they build these relationships when they have so many different backgrounds coming in? You know, I think that that it's a really good point too, and it's also evident that Aski is learning English in the U.S. versus uh, you can tell a guy like Fedor Svechkov, for example, learned English in Russia, and the way the two of them speak is very different. So that's pretty evident. But I think um, you know, when it comes to the relationships with these guys, at the end of the day, you know, they are brought together. I mean, it might sound like a cliche, but I think what brings them together is just their love for this game and you know they obviously the language barrier might be part of it at first but I think with guys like Pekka who has played in the U.S. North America for so long obviously you know it's no longer an issue and it, it kind of becomes the same way with these these other guys um, with UC and with Kevin obviously them both being from Finland certainly helps and when you see them together they're always speaking Finnish to each other but I think when it comes to, you know, their craft and just being great goaltenders, I mean, that it's, and it comes from their great relationship all with each other. And I think that's one of the things that Benny is so good at is meeting guys where they're at and not trying to make them into something they aren't. And, you know, kind of respecting that language barrier, respecting the culture barrier and, you know, being patient with them. And I think that is a big part of what's allowed them to thrive. Emma, good work on the good work on the article. Good work reporting. Thank you for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. The article is "Men Behind the Mask: Meet the Predators Department of Goaltending Excellence," which again is a direct quote and a great one. It's on NashvillePredators.com right now. If you don't already follow Emma, you got to follow her. If you listen to the podcast, I imagine most of you already do follow her on Twitter 
at Emma underscore Lingen. We will take a break, come back, reveal the mysterious identity of the Roper who Kara Hammer thought was Mason Ramsey, and also our quote of the week about Gordy Howe hat tricks on the Predators official podcast on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game. He rode into town on a jet black mare, spat and hitched her to a tree. He made his way to the town saloon the day Robert Palin's murdered me. It was also the night that the skeletons came to life. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast. Final segment on this Halloween week. My favorite Halloween song, the day that Robert Palin's murdered me slash the night that the skeletons came to life. From I Think You Should Leave on Netflix with Tim Robinson. As I mentioned, another really low-brow, childish humor comedy show that Kara, who is a dignified, normal person, has not seen but hey get in line letter kenny shorzy i think you should leave i got some really high level thoughts bouncing around in my head clearly but a great halloween song halloween is coming up max uh i guess real quick best halloween candy Ooh, best halloween candy i like peanut m&ms is that a halloween candy Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm going with Skittles. Okay. I mean, give me all the Skittles. Oh, okay. So we're both going bite size here. Speaking of Halloween hockey, we have a special ticket deal for you, Preds fans, on Halloween Day, which is this Tuesday, of course, October 31st. A scary good deal. The Predators Halloween flash sale presented by the Christie Cookie Company. Starting at 9 a.m. on Halloween Day on Tuesday, Preds tickets for select November home games of which there are many home games in November after the long road trip to start the month. Almost the entire rest of the month is at home. Tickets for select November home games are buy one, get one free. So on Tuesday, go to NashvillePredators.com slash ticket treats for more details. NashvillePredators.com slash ticket treats on Tuesday, Halloween day for the Preds Halloween flash sale from Christy Cookie. Get your Preds tickets and we'll see you back at Bridgestone Arena all of November long. We've started. We love this like quote of the week, right? We want to start adding this into the show. I feel like I had one of the best interviews of the week in the locker room with Alexander Carrier when we were on the topic of Gordie Howe hat tricks. So we've been talking uh, about the uh, Gordie Howe hat trick. I'm curious if you ever had one at any point in your career. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, first, uh, I don't score a lot of goals, and then I don't fight a lot, so it's hard to get one. But, yeah, that was, that was sick. That was cool. So when he had the goal and assist, do you think he went for it? He was like, okay, I got to get this fight in. He probably didn't think about it, but uh, he does bring energy, um, and he was probably like, ah. Might as well, you know. And then after that, I'm sure you realize right after, like in the box, we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, so as the season progresses, if you get a goal and an assist, are we going to see see this happen with you, Percy? I'm going 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm going to fight somebody my size, you know. I'll just stay under six foot, and then I'll go for my goalie out, yeah. Okay. I've never had one, so my eyes go there. So good, Kara. You know what I love about that is, obviously, Alexander Carrier, you know, he fought uh, Logan Stanley last year, and... Who was the teammate next? I, he, he he leaned over and he said, hey, it's okay. You got in that fight. You were standing up for your teammate. And I'm like, it, you know, the guys were like in support of him fighting Stanley. Yeah. And unfortunately, that started some longer term injury problems that cost Carrier a lot of time that season. But he's able to laugh about it. And he said it a couple times now. I'm going to try and stay healthy by not fighting people who are five to seven inches taller than me is the plan. So a good that was plan. great. Also, side note, you know, Kiefer Sherwood, he told me he shares a birthday with Gordie Howe, so that was just a special night moment all around. That's awesome. Yeah. I think Gordie Howe would be a Kiefer Sherwood fan, for sure. All right, Kara. Sure. We have a major discovery. Last week on the show, you admitted that you thought Mason Ramsey was someone else, a child star rodeo clown gunslinging roper. You have located the proper identity of who you thought Mason Ramsey was. He is no longer a child. He's very much an adult. He's actually getting married soon, I just found out. Uh, please tell us this man's name, who he is, and and how you found out and how you cracked the code. Okay, small world. Well, first off, his name is 
Ryder Keisner, and he does it all. He does sling guns. He does do the trick rope. He do, he is a performer. I think now his wife is is that correct? Is part of his act. She also does the horse trick riding. Wow. But Max, I was asked to give a speech uh, at the University of Wisconsin from a former colleague who's now a professor. Uh, if I would join his journalism class and great journalism here, we found the name of Ryder Keisner, but <laughs> he, he was a fellow uh, Wyomingite who covered the PRCA. So when he asked me to join the class, I said, I will, if you can tell me the name of the guy who was doing the, the trick roping back in the day and, and he knew it. So it came to fruition. I love how you drop PRCA like I'm expected to know what that is. Please tell me <laughs> please tell me that stands for Professional Rodeo Clown Association. <laughs> oh my gosh, is the C for Cowboy Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association? I don't know. The PRCA is like the it's a it's like the rodeo. It's I guess it's like their version of the NHL. <laughs> That's great. Well, hey, two two YO Pio Journos. Got it done. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Ryder, how do you say his last name? Keisner? Is that what you said? Keisner? I had to watch the YouTube video. It's on YouTube. And side note, Mason Ramsey is performing at the Opry coming up soon. I also, another example of great journalism, um, I heard that on the radio. Wow. Good for Mason Ramsey. Well, mm -hmm. we're going to see him so. at a Preds game soon. We know that for sure. All right. Well, we solve mysteries here on the POP. <laughs> what better time to solve a mystery than Halloween? And we will conclude... The P.O.P. with the note, very fitting as we've talked about mysteries and Halloween and Kiefer Sherwood, that at the Preds team Halloween party, Kiefer and his girlfriend, Ariel, were Shaggy and Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's awesome. And as the great Bill Walton would say, it all rolls into one. What a show today. Thanks to Derek McKenzie for joining us. Thanks to Emma Lingen for joining us. Thanks to you for listening to us. One more home game on this three-game homestand Saturday night against the Maple Leafs. Then a five-game road trip starts Tuesday, Halloween night, in Vancouver against the Canucks. I'll be there. We will have an episode next Friday with some dispatches from Western Canada. She's Kara Hammer from Preds TV. I'm Max Hers from Preds Radio. This is the Predators' official podcast on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. You're the coach. It's your job to inspire them. And the best way to do that is kick a garbage can. The guy asked for something spooky. <laughs>